0: Welcome to the Inspire People, Impact Lives podcast. This podcast is for people who are looking to get more out of life by making an impact on those around them. Each week, we bring you local, influential business and community leaders, delivering powerful messages to help you live a more inspiring and impactful life. Coming to you live from Northwestern Mutual Middleton, here's your host, Josh Kosnick. Welcome everybody to another episode of Inspire People Impact Lives. Today, I am excited to introduce Greg Gregorian, a former Army Captain, U.S. Army Captain, one tour in Afghanistan. And what else did I miss there, Greg?
1: Founder and CEO of Lunar Branding and a West Point grad, class West Point 2013. Grad as
0: well, we got a yeah. little string here of uh, military vets on the podcast. Uh, some awesome people. So you got, uh, we got high expectations of you today sure uh, we've heard some great stuff and of course i uh, have a great respect for the military so thank you for your service and, and uh appreciate for that our country. uh so first and foremost but uh so i gave a little bit of bio but anything else you want our audience to know about you uh as we get into today
1: yeah sure born and raised in massachusetts uh lived in a bunch of other states from virginia new york oklahoma tennessee kentucky illinois california and now i'm back in massachusetts So i've been around the country been around the world, 14 countries, so well-traveled, and all those travels have definitely um, had a massive impact on my life, you know, and has uh, definitely given me a new perspective on the world, so.
0: No, I I agree with that, and I think that that's getting more and more said, and unfortunately now we're in this COVID, uh, yeah. reality where travel's pretty much non-existent for the majority of the world, but what, what do you learn, or what do you try to learn as you go on your travels?
1: just a different perspective. I mean, if I've met people who, have you know, are my age, 30 years old and have never left their state. And that blows my mind because all they'll see of a different state, a different city, a different country is what they see in the media, the news or Hollywood. And it just kind of really skews your, perp- your perspective. So if you actually go visit and experience other cultures, like One of my most memorable trips was, besides Afghanistan, uh, was a trip to India. I went to a friend of mine. He's Indian. He had an arranged wedding, and he had a wedding in India. It was four days long. I wore their, you know, I think it's called a kurta, and uh, with the guys wear the traditional garb, and it was an incredible experience to witness and be a part of that, you know. I've also been to my home country of Armenia. I'm Armenian, so uh, my whole family did a trip to Armenia, and to go back to our, you know, our cultural roots and to experience that as well is just... Uh, it's it's very humbling and sobering and just uh, an incredible experience you know to to witness it in person
0: i've always wanted to be invited to an indian wedding i gotta admit I'm oh man because it's just a, <laughs> right, like a four-day party right
1: yeah it's unbelievable it was it was seriously like the colors the food the music the ceremonies i mean this guy came in on a uh, my friend came in on a horse that was like plated in white gold. And he had some guy walking next to him with like a white gold umbrella. And then his wife came in with fireworks in the background. I thought I was like on a movie, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was, it was incredible.
0: That's amazing. So today we're going to talk a lot about dominating mindset in business and in life. That's, that's the topic that we, we struck up with you. Uh, sure. So dominating mindset, what did that mean to you? In the military versus what it means to you today in starting your own business.
1: So what it meant to me in the military, um, and it's very similar to business. It's it's just having an overwhelming sense of confidence with what you know and how you go after attacking any objective, whether it's in the military, any mission, or any goal you have for business and personal life. You know, having that dominant, dominating mindset is is creating a mindset that's bulletproof. And like we talked earlier, to get that mindset, I really believe in reading books and having mentors to help give you that perspective, along with traveling and experiencing other cultures. Because having that experience will help formulate your own thing. I'm sure you know, you've read all these different books on personal development or business, and there's a lot of the nuggets that are the same thing, right? And so you're gonna say, well, I'm gonna read another book, it's probably gonna be the same information, but it's packaged differently because it's coming from a different source, right? So I'm sure you've had teachers growing up in high school and one teacher could be teaching you, you know, arithmetic and the same teacher could be teaching you the same thing, but you resonate with a teacher more than the other, whether it's how they said it or how they taught it to you or how they portrayed it to you and being able to take in all of that information from these books will help you develop your own mindset and perspective on personal growth, personal development. So when ultimately, ideally you give back to your community or your audience and you synthesize all that data, you may be giving the same nuggets, but in a different way. And you're extremely confident about it because not only did you take it in, but you actually implemented it into your life to do something worth someone else following and being inspired by you.
0: Yeah, that's a great message. I like, uh, I was thinking about storytelling. Sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, uh, content can be told in a story and sure. that actually lands with someone because whether it's a parable or whether it's just uh, their own personal experience that they extrapolated this lesson from, when the student was ready, the teacher appears and all of a sudden you yes. have this learning uh, and, and your dad or your mom or your teacher from 15 years ago would be like, I told you that <laughs> way back then. Yeah. If, if only you had listened to me, but, sure. you know, but, but you didn't say it like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So i love that point that's really good so now how is it extrapolated in that dominating mindset from military to today and lunar branding and everything else that you're doing
1: yeah sure so from the lessons i learned in the military you know um being in uh, in a in a deployed setting you, you have to be on alert you always have to be prepared you know i was in one of my facebook groups today talking about um you know, how do you, how do you prepare for, you know, failure or success, or how do you just prepare for the unknown? And I compared it to being, you know, deployed like in the military, we train for every possible scenario that we can think of negative or positive that can happen. If we go this way, the enemy's going to go this way. And so taking that same mindset in business, you got to plan for every possible scenario. What if I go bankrupt? What if I don't make a sale for one month, six months, one year? what am I going to do? How am I going to stay afloat? What's my overhead? How am I going to plan for these different scenarios? And being able to have an action plan for each course of action. So as you're going along the decision tree, if you will, and you made all these different plans, okay, well, if I go, I learned decision trees and game theory at West Point, it was a phenomenal class. So if I'm at, you know, this node, and this happens, okay, at this node, there's three branches that could possibly happen. So what's the likelihood of each? And then I'm going to Go down this path. What's the likelihood of each? And as you go down the nodes, if you plan that out, you're not worried about, you know, tripping or whatever. I mean, you're, you may fail, but I've always listened to um, my mentors tell me: fail forward, fail fast, and fail often. So having that mindset, like, hey, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna make mistakes, but I'm just gonna get up and readjust and reattack, is is how I create that dominating mindset in business. You know, there have been months when I didn't make any sales. You know, beginning of COVID. February, March, I don't think I made any sales. And that's because everything shut down. No one's buying custom merchandise. So I pivoted and I started adding a different service for video marketing and now sales are coming in. So not only did I add a new service, now I'm getting sales back from my original core business. And now I'm beefing up my company even more, but just being prepared to pivot at any moment's notice who knew COVID was going to happen and kill some businesses and bankrupt some people. So just being, um, constantly training and i use COVID as downtime to train to build my admin inside of business to improve my systems by either buy a new system or um, consolidate or get rid of one to reduce my overhead um, because taking this time now the world stopped for everybody now is the time to work on that project or that thing in your business that you just been putting off because it wasn't a high priority and so that's how i've been having a dominating mindset in the business world
0: love that so two things that came to mind as uh, you were speaking there for me was you're, you're very thoughtful in your planning and preparing for any variables, uh, which allows you to pivot. But eventually, so I think a lot of people get stuck in that planning mode and not acting mode. Sure. So you're planning to act, not just planning to plan. So I think there's different intentions as yes. people go into it. And then the pivot, as you can see behind me, you know, those two microphones, talk about COVID, every one of our podcasts up until COVID were me sitting across the desk from someone. <laughs> and so now, but like with COVID now today, you and I get to do this over Zoom. This forced yeah. us to pivot, which allows me to speak to someone in Massachusetts and I'm here in Madison, Wisconsin, or may mm-hmm. allow me to speak to someone in California or Texas or whatever it may be. And we're able to produce some great content with a great person uh, that we wouldn't have had, had before because we were keeping it local and doing it face-to-face.
1: That's incredible. You know, and you're being flexible and thank God for technology and, you know, platforms like Zoom to make it possible for you guys to do that.
0: When it works appropriately, right?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: (laughs) Of course, but today so far so good. So speaking of West Point, uh, and you brought up a great class that you had just taken, what, you know, what were some of your biggest takeaways from going to one of the most renowned uh, universities in the world?
1: Well, uh, I I wanted to be the favorite son in the family. My brother went to the Naval Academy and that my dad was Army. So that's why I chose to go to West Point. But um, no, what I learned at West Point was a lot. I mean, before West Point, I went to Virginia Tech for a year and did Marine ROTC. And I learned the cadet world from there. So my culture shock was at Virginia Tech. So when I went to West Point, I was able to take that culture shock and realize that the cadet cadre world is a game. So I helped all my counterparts in my you know, my close friends that I'm still friends with today uh, get over that initial shock because they're coming from high school to a military lifestyle. I'm going from one school military lifestyle to another. So West Point really initially taught me that I need to um, teach others the things that I've learned because I've already been down this path. And the 47-month experience is a very regimented and disciplined experience. I mean, essentially, uh, every hour of your day is planned out for four years. You know, of every day. You know, you wake up at this time. You go to formation at this time. You have breakfast at this time. You have class from here to here. You have mandatory physical activity, workout, sports, intramurals, whatever you're doing. Mandatory four-hour study time in the evening, and lights out at eleven. You get up and do it again. And you know, I thought being in the military, uh, I've always been disciplined in my life. Military kept me regimented, and I learned that at West Point. And so. I actually made a post the other day on my Instagram about the difference. They're not synonymous. You could be disciplined and not regimented, you know? And so I learned that at West point that they're, they're different. Um, but just being able to keep on that schedule and, and understand that they're going to give you, you know, five pounds of horse manure to put in a two pound bag, it's not going to fit. So you got to prioritize, you know, what, what two pounds are most important. So uh, it's, There's so many life lessons, but I'll leave it at that for for what I learned at West Point. We're
0: we're gonna leave it with manure. We're gonna end up manure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) So how about, uh, I mean, you said so many cool things there with West Point. It's one of the greatest leadership uh, schools in the country. And it sounded like your experience from Virginia Tech, you were able to parlay that into being a leader for people that are coming straight out of high school right away. Mm -hmm. I've actually seen several, as you brought up the regiment of each day, uh, being planned out for military, I've seen them. Whether in our world in financial advisory, where you're starting your own business, and very similar to you starting your own business. So, a, why did you choose, you know, network marketing, and what was it mm-hmm. like going forward to start there after you got out of the military, and then B, the kind of where I was going with this is, since you were used to having everything regimented for you, how did you adapt yourself to regimenting, you know, on your own? Because I've seen several people struggle with that being told what to do now, telling themselves what to do.
1: Yeah, it's a very hard transition. So first network marketing, um, but I'll back up in, to being an entrepreneur. So when I was about 10 years old, I was in middle school and that's where I got my entrepreneur bug. I used to sell gum, candy and mints because they banned it from school. So low supply, high demand, you can jack the price. I learned those concepts and those words at West Point in economics. I just inherently knew them in middle school. So I'd go with a pack of gum, and sell each stick for fifty cents or a dollar and I, you know, then buy more packs of gum and then go with my mom to Costco and buy it in bulk and increase my profit margin. So I've always been, you know, an entrepreneur in the sense that I like to find unorthodox ways, and by unorthodox I just I don't mean like just a W two. You know, I don't like a corporate job is like orthodox, the most common way. My parents always said, get good grades, play sports. So I never had time for a job. So I said, well, how can I make a little extra money to buy some nice shoes or, you know, go out to the movies or whatever. And so I always found little side hustles. And as I got older, I found network marketing. And, you know, a lot of people have a negative connotation for it. And, and I can understand why. But I, going in, I knew the stats. I knew like, OK, 0.02% actually make it in the top income in, in the company. I was involved in a few different companies, either trading Forex or selling supplements or, you know, being in a travel club. And I I learned a lot from each. I networked a lot from each. My goal in that was to see what, you know, people are doing in the business world. It's a phenomenal starting point to understand if entrepreneurship is for you or not, you know, because you're going to learn a lot of sales skills. You're going to learn a lot of interpersonal skills, communication skills, presentation skills, um, you may even make some money with it, right? I've made enough to like pay for my hobbies, which is fun. And it was, it was great experience. But, um, I was able to network with the people who made a significant amount of money and then ask them, what are you actually doing with your money? Because once you make it in network marketing, if you make money in it, you're not just, you're not really reinvesting in that. You're putting it somewhere else. You're either buying real estate or investing in stocks or doing, you know, um, insurance policies. So I'm just curious, like, what were they doing? So I was able to network and understand the movement of money from that, um, and ended up pivoting because I pitched to a network marketing company uh, the idea I had that ended up starting my business. So I left the industry and now I have my business three and a half years later, which is an incredible pivot. Um, But to go back to finish answering your question on um, how do you remain regimented and disciplined? Uh, Real quick, to me, discipline is being able to carry out whatever you said you were going to do, regardless of the circumstances. So like if I had five tasks I'm going to get done today, as long as they get done today, I've been disciplined to achieve my goal. Being regimented is saying, I'm going to wake up at exactly 5 a.m. I'm going to do this, like at the schedule we had at West Point. So that's why I say they're not necessarily synonymous. And I had a difficult time once I left the military, like most people, to be regimented. Oh, I can I work for myself. I wake up at 9.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, ah, I'll get to it tomorrow, or I'll get to it later today. And that's been a blessing because I'm able to stay flexible with my schedule. But how I initially main regiment it was a ton of notebooks. Uh, I I've tested like all these different notebooks like Nomadic or I think the Evo planner Mm -hmm. and not have a, a really cool notebook that's you know it's uh obviously branded for my company right on the front but um this is like a one time use notebook because you can erase the pages I can take a picture, take notes, scan it. It either digitizes it or actually scans the page and puts it in my Google Drive. Then I can erase the page so I can carry around a very thin notebook the whole time. Um, But then as I started getting my systems involved, I started putting everything in my calendar and I use a Calendly account to schedule my meetings, which is absolute lifesaver. So I started implementing systems and keeping everything digitized so if it's not my calendar, it's not happening essentially. And that's how I'm able to, you know, keep my schedule for the day and my task for the day.
0: So was there a shift? Uh, Cause I want to really narrow, narrow down on this because I think there's probably a lot of um, ex-military or about to be ex-military that need to switch their mindset or, or create that discipline. Was it more about your mission and your why behind what you're doing, what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Or did you have to create some different habits to be regimented and disciplined Beyond getting out of the military,
1: it's both. And, and the reason I say that, um, Simon Sinek, start with why. Read the book, phenomenal book. Watch his his YouTube video his TED Talk on the three circles of, of start with why, and it's it's phenomenal. Um, your why is going to carry you through anything. You know, um, there's been times where I've been unmotivated and I don't want to even go to the gym or I don't want to work on my business. You know, and, and it happens, and you have to understand that, like. It's okay to take a mental break, but ultimately you got to keep, you know, pushing forward. Because my why is, I want to create, you know, financial freedom for my future family. I want to inspire others. I want to represent, you know, being a veteran and being a West Point graduate to the fullest I can. I don't want to just be, you know, a nobody. I want to be able to represent the organizations that have helped me become successful. Um, but then also, uh, you know, pivoting for me is is just a matter of setting goals daily and hitting them. And I actually have a very, in my, uh, in my house, I have in my office, I have a whiteboard and I love whiteboarding. I mean, uh, I put my goals for the whole year, every year for the past four or five years, I've created a whiteboard and I set all my major goals for personal and business slash career goals. And then I break those down into smaller goals. I made a YouTube video on this of how you can look like put a whiteboard somewhere you can sit every day and you break down your bigger goals to smaller goals like your yearly goal to a quarterly goal to a monthly goal to a weekly and then you just break down the daily tasks and you just do the task erase them put up the new daily tasks and you just chip it away every day and at the end of the year you look back like shit look how much i accomplished mm-hmm. like wow you know and there's everything you won't accomplish i've not accomplished a hundred percent obviously but Um, Being able to just kind of plan out your day and just have some type of direction and target is uh, extremely important, along with, uh, that falls in line with your why.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about, and you didn't say the, I'm going to paraphrase, but you uh, talked about paying homage to the legacy of the places like West Point to your parents or whoever else mentored you, paying homage to that legacy while creating your own. So I love that about your why. The other thing you said earlier on uh, about going from middle school to network marketing to now creating your own company is it seems like you stayed extremely hum- humble and curious. Have you always been that curious or is that something you learned along the way as well? Because I think a lot of people tend to be too proud to ask some of the questions that you asked of those other network marketers to create the company that you have now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been curious. I've, you know, I learned from my parents, um, especially my dad, he's a lifelong learner. You know, my mom is as well. They have continually pursuing degrees. They're always learning. They're always in school. My dad did a a one year certification course at MIT at 64 years old. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when I say they're constantly learning and he's 65 now. So like that was just last year and he's constantly learning. So I I grew up seeing that. And for me, um, one Motivator is is financial freedom. Everyone says it, but like I want to know exactly what people are doing with the movement of money. I want to know like how does someone, you know, you see the the drastic differences between income, you know, even here the homeless to the, the Uber rich, and in India it's massively different system. You know, what I mean the the rich of the rich driving right next to the the poorest of the poor people, and you're just sitting there like we all got the same twenty four hours in the day. Now with the internet, we all have access to the same information. So why is it that, and I always ask, I always frame it in a question Not I can't do this or I can't, how can I go do that? If someone can have a $50 million place in LA at 40 years old or whatever, what did they do to a- amass that amount of wealth? Like, And it's not even just for the materialistic things. I just like the game. If I make a sale and make $5, I'm ex- like ecstatic. Like I made a sale right? It, if it could be for 5,000 or 50,000, it's the same level of excitement for me. So I'm always just curious of like, what can I create? What can I do next? How can I be different? How can I um, just create an interesting life for myself? I don't want to have a boring, like I've heard of people who just have the same office job and commute and, and good for them. If they found happiness in that, that's great. I couldn't live a mundane life. I need to be doing something, moving, traveling experiencing different things just because it creates cooler stories. You have new networks of people. Um, And so far, so good for me, you know, just always asking questions. And I'll ask questions and sometimes it may be a stupid question and I look, you know, ill-informed, whatever, you know, we've all embarrassed ourselves. But other times I ask questions and it just puts me in the right place at the right time and to meet the right person. And most of the time, if you don't ask for what you want, nobody can read your mind. So you're not going to be able to get it everyone's like, I really want to go do this. Did you tell anyone you want to go do that? Because if you don't, no one's going to assume, Hey, Greg wants to go do X, Y, Z. I have to go voice that and let people know.
0: Yeah. that's So good. Because, and I also want to reiterate to people, what you said is like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with anyone that wants to work a nine to five. Maybe that's, um, you know, counseling or whatever it might be that is super impactful and that fits their why. But for those that want, to do more than the nine to five, that want to have the flexibility or the tone that you know, $50 million place, like you mentioned, like you have to humble yourself enough to ask these questions and you have to be courageous enough to ask these questions of people that have already done that uh, to figure out what you can do. Maybe not exactly their way, but that fits you and your why to get to that point.
1: Sure. And you can do both. I mean, I've had nine to five jobs outside of the army and you can still work. You can still be an entrepreneur and have a corporate job. I, people have always been either an entrepreneur or you, you get a W-2. Why not both? You can work nine to five and then six to midnight and still get a decent amount of sleep every night. You know, so it's possible to do both.
0: So before before we get to dive in deeper into the, the business side of things, I want one wrap up one question on, because a lot of people that go to West Point, I think, And maybe I'm wrong on this perception, but I would think going to that elite of a military school, want to make a career of military life. You obviously did not. Was Mm -hmm. it your intent when you went there or was there another uh, change that went along the way?
1: So uh, all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid was be in the military. My dad emigrated here. Uh, My whole family is Armenian, but my dad was born in Iran and he came here when he was 18 years old. And he enlisted at 33 years old, okay, Mm -hmm. as an 11 Bravo infantryman. And uh, he did 27- you know, 26 and a half, 27 years in the army reserve. And growing up, we would go to his drill weekends, my brother and I, and like play the video games, you know, did the whole, watch the movies. Like all we ever want to do is be in the military. And so I followed in my brother's footsteps. He's about 18 months older than me and him going to the Naval Academy, you know, one of the most, you know, next to West Point, obviously West Point's I think is better than Naval Academy, but, uh, um, he, you know, he, he accomplished his goal of becoming a pilot and serving in the military, He's still a Navy helicopter pilot. And it was very, very inspiring for me to see that. And I said, okay, well, if I'm going to commission in the military, I want to go best of the best, right? I wanna, if I can get into West Point Point commission from there, I'm going to go do that. And I'll at least do my eight years active duty because you owe five years active duty and three years reserve. But I was, I was willing to do at least eight active duty and, and see where things go from there, what opportunities arise. And unfortunately, I got medically discharged in 2016. You know, I had a I had an injury as a cadet and uh, in, in combatives. It was a back injury, and I had a few concussions as well during my time at West Point. And so, when it came time for commissioning, West Point was like, "Hey, we'll uh, we'll give you a diploma, you can graduate, but we're not going to commission you." And I was like, no, "Hell no!" Like, I did five years of military schooling to be active duty military, and uh, you're going to commission me. So, I signed a waiver, commissioned. And my whole time in the army, I kind of had a fight to stay in. So then came time for deployment to go to Afghanistan. They could review your medical records again. And they said, hey, you're non-deployable. We're actually gonna medically discharge you. We're gonna start the process. I said, hell no. Again, I said, I'm gonna sign a waiver. I'm gonna get deployed. This is what I did. My dad did five deployments, you know, four to Afghanistan, one to Qatar at in his 50s. So like I'm deploying, you know what I mean? <laughs> I said, there's no way. And I got a really cool story I'll throw in after this, but um, it was after deployment, that uh, I came back and I was an executive officer again, and then they reviewed your medical records and you come back and like, hey, look, uh, you, right now we're downsizing and you're just too much of a medical liability that we're gonna have to start the process. And so I was able to do three and a half years active duty, lucky enough to get a deployment in, but um, just wasn't my, I tried everything to stay in. I tried to go West Point recruiting, Uh, I tried to go army recruiting. I tried to go uh, military intelligence or switch to finance, something a little less combat arms. And I just wasn't successful in achieving any of those. So ultimately uh, I got, you know, let go, but um, cool story about deployment. And I'm stoked about why I did it. Um, 2004, my dad is a first Lieutenant in the army, first Lieutenant Gregorian serving with the 101st in support of operation enduring freedom in Afghanistan in Kandahar actually. And uh, a decade later, um first lieutenant gregorian with the 101st in support of operation enduring freedom in kandahar afghanistan i had chills telling the story every time and i have a picture that i took where we look the same and we have the the uniform the only change is the and we're holding the weapon exactly the same and the only change is the camouflage and so a decade later i literally was in its footsteps so uh, i'm really really happy
0: for that experience do you have that side by side in your office
1: uh, I, I have it online. I don't have it printed out, but uh, I do, you know, plan on on, on having it printed out and framing it because it's an incredible
0: story. That is an incredible story. It actually, you know, in a much less serious sense, just kind of reminds me of uh, when Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. got to play on the same Mariners team. That's so cool. Uh, early on in his career, but that's, you know, for you being abroad, a you know, a couple different things there. Right, is you got to follow in your father's footsteps, and you have this incredible picture that you can put side by side where you look identical but also is like how long we've been in Afghanistan that's
1: I know kind of it's unreal it as well yeah it's unreal we're on you know 18 19 years over there and so it's just it's un- unbelievable how long it's going on because now there's 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 other stories of fathers and sons that who've you know deployed support of that war yeah. and it's still ongoing so
0: one part of your first uh, story that I want everyone to grasp is like How powerful your why is right you were so dead set hell-bent on deploying Yes, I want everyone to grasp this you signed a waiver that if anyone if anything happened to you medically The army was not you couldn't go back and sue them. You couldn't go correct back and fly Was your disability gone? Which I mean? I don't know that I'm sure that waiver protected the army a whole lot
1: it did you
0: very little Going Correct. on an active duty combat, competitive deployment.
1: Yes. Uh, I, I really, I mean, that's what I signed up to do. Um, nine 11 was a huge inspiration for me. You know what I mean? As, as it was for others, but also my dad growing up, seeing my dad being, you know, an immigrant to this country, but one of the most patriotic man that I know, uh, it's just, you know, how could I not serve? I feel the opportunities that we have in America, I feel obliged and I still do. I still, you know, miss service, serving the country, but, I feel obliged to give back in defense of this country because, solely because of the opportunities that America presents that other countries just don't have.
0: Yeah, so. well, that's awesome. I, I didn't want anyone to lose that because you're willing to sacrifice your body and your future for the service of our country. And so much that the army was telling you no, and you're like, no, no, I'm gonna go. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm signing this waiver, you know, cause there's other guys that have missing limbs or other issues and they're still able to do it. I said, look, if I'm gonna keep pushing till literally I get a hard stop. And that's what I did.
0: Experts say that you are the average of the five people you hang out with and the books that you read. We'd like to suggest the podcast that you listen to as well. So hit that subscribe button and add Madison's top leaders to your circle. We'd also encourage you to share this podcast with as many friends as possible. Our mission is simple, to inspire people and impact lives. If you know of a friend or colleague that could benefit from listening to some of Madison's top leaders, give us a share. Now back to our guest. So let's pivot to, uh, you know, your first product, launching your first product. So I think uh, Chad framed it up for us as discovery of it and then launching it. Tell us that story.
1: So it's a, I, lo- I love telling this story because looking back, you can always connect the dots and seeing how everything aligned for you to end up where you're at now. And so I was in a travel club and uh, I go on a trip to Mexico. I recently broke up with my ex, so I paid for this trip, I'm going by myself. You know, it's, it's gonna be a great time. This is June of 2016. And we have this roller banner sign. signs, one of those signs where you can pull apart and has a message on it. This one in particular said, you should be here. And you can, it would just retract to itself. And so I'm doing all these cool excursions. Um, horseback riding, parasailing, ATVing, snorkeling, jumping in cenotes. And I'm taking, trying to take a picture with the sign because that's how I'd market it online and show my friends. And what happened was like, some of these things I needed at least one hand, like on the horse, especially. I was like, I needed a hand to hang onto the horse. I couldn't mm-hmm. like, do both. And so I was like, this is like a safety issue in my in my mind. And I was like, what if I could just, Clip it to my bathing suit, right? Because most people are on a you know vacation. They think you know going to the beach, whatever. I said you could just maybe take a retractable key badge and just clip it to your hip, and then clip it to the sign, and then with one hand you can pull it out, take a picture, and then let go, and it re- the sign retracts, and then it retracts to your hip, and it just dangles there. Girls can wear it on bikinis, guys can wear it on their bathing suits. If you're doing a snow excursion, you could put it on a backpack, whatever. In my mind, like this is a genius idea, like so simple, so small. Yeah. So I come, I come back from the trip, and I go to Walmart and I pick up some, you know, cheap ones for like a buck or two bucks or whatever, and I clip it on the sign. I go to my pool at my apartment and I jump in the water with it, and it retracts underwater, it retracts out of the water. I was like, and it works like I envisioned it. So I make a little video, make about a two-minute video explaining it like this. And this is July of 2016, and I started showing it to the top incomers in the company, and I said, hey. We, we should put the logo on this and, and sell it. If I have this problem, you know, I think there was 300,000 members in the club. You know, I, I don't know if that number, how accurate it is now, but if I'm having the problem is probably 10,000, at least other people that have an issue, right. Or would buy this, throw the logo on it and sell it. I didn't even want any commission. I just think it was a good idea and it would add value to the members and their experience on vacation. They all laughed me out of the room. Like, this is a stupid idea. You need a patent. You needed this. And I was like, no, no, you just put a logo on it. And I didn't know what the promotional product industry was at the time. And so I said, if these guys are telling me, no, I don't care their, their financial stature or their rank or how, whatever, you know, experience they have. I say, I, I believe this is a good idea. And if they're telling me, no, I'm talking to the wrong people. So I just kind of pushed them aside and I said, I'll table this idea. I'm, I'm going to eventually run across the right person I need to talk to. So October of 2016, we have our, excuse me, our annual, um, event in Vegas. And I, I just land on the plane. My buddy landed uh and he says, Hey, the president of the company was on my plane. He goes, go to baggage claim nine. Cause I had told him this idea. So he knew I was trying to network. And uh and so I, I walk my happy ass to baggage claim nine and lo and behold I wait and the president walks up with his entourage of people. Right. It's a billion dollar company. He's got some security he's got people taking pictures and they got a ton of people around him trying to take pictures get his autograph, whatever. So I, I get a picture with him you know, I wait in line. And then I see this golden divine opportunity where he's just, nobody's around him. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is God telling me I got 30 seconds to go up to him and pitch this idea. Right. And so I I get the video ready. And I was like, he's not going to watch two minutes. I was like, uh, so I get to the most 10 important 10 seconds where I pull it open and I let it go and it retracts. And I get, I go up to him and say, Hey Eddie, uh, you got a minute and he's in his phone. He goes, no, I'm busy. And I said, uh, watch this. And I put my phone. Right, right in his face, said, like, not, to, not to be rude, but I put it in front of him for him to see it. And he he looked at it and he's like, that's a great idea. He's like, take my phone number and my email, text me the picture so I know what you look like, text me a little paragraph about why, why we're gonna talk. I'll introduce you to the CEO on the, this weekend. And I was like, no way. I was like, this is awesome. So, um, and it took me a lot of courage to muster up to go to him, yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it was not easy for me to go try to pitch him this idea and, and so I met this your
0: phone
1: in Yeah, I mean it was it was, it was <laughs> my buddy was like seriously dude but it worked <laughs> out you know. So then um I meet the CEO who's a marine veteran and we you know bought each other a drink and we're just you know chit-chatting and so I said hey I have this idea and he goes yeah Eddie told me about it he says show me. So I showed him he's like this is cool like I think we could add this to our product line. He's very like very chill about it and he gives me the email for their marketing director for for merchandise. And so I email him and we start talking in November of 2016, so about a month later. And then um, he says, Hey, look, this is a great idea, but we don't have to buy from you. We already have vendors, you know, but because we're an entrepreneurship, you know, type industry and we, we like people to take initiative, we'll give you the credit. Um, go start a promotional product company and uh, come back to us. And I was like, What's that? He goes, Go figure it out. So from October or November, I'm like Googling researching. So I fly down to tech and now I moved to Chicago, by the way, I got out of the military. That was my retirement weekend. I moved to Chicago, got my new job. And I fly down to Texas in March and in April to meet with the team again and meet with this guy. And I it was to shake hands on some numbers and shake hands on a deal. Nothing was written and that the marketing director ended up being a Freemason like myself. And so, you know, handshake, our, our word is bond. And so he's like, Hey, look, this is the price we'll buy it at. This is the quantity we'll buy. And, uh, we got a deal. And I said, cool. So I started my company in May. So I met them. I flew down twice, March and April. And then I started my company in May of 2017. And they were one of my first customers. And then that light bulb moment clicked. And I said, wait, I can sell to anybody who puts their logo on anything. And then I just kind of started slowly figuring out this industry backwards. Like I didn't start with a business plan. I started with a customer already and, you know, proof of concept. I got a, I got a product and I just figured it out and constantly been developing it since. And to tie the story up and end it, it was October of 2017, exactly one year after I pitched it to the president and CEO at the event. We had our event again. My product was in the store, like our little merchandise store at the event, and it sold out at the event. And I went up and I, and I bought a few. Uh, I bought a few from them, right? And I went up to the guys who told me no in the beginning, and I gave one. To them for free and i said hey you gonna go i'm sorry i told you I, no i was i was wrong and i was like thank you <laughs> <laughs> told you so moment so yeah you know it was uh it, I, I have a picture that someone captured of me when it sold out and you can just see me like my hands are on my hips like looking at it i was like this is incredible and i'm just glowing that the fact that it, you know no matter how big or small the idea was how much money i made whatever it was just the fact that like i took an idea I didn't say no to the people who told me no. I believed in it, I executed it, and I saw it come to fruition just a year later. And now three and a half years later, I set my company going.
0: But all along there, so like what people can take from that, like the courage to shoot your shot. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> then, then someone saying, you know, hey, go figure this out. You've never started a company before, you never figured like what's promotional marketing like. Yeah. Actually that sign, the wish you were here sign, which I'm assuming, you know, world ventures is the group that you're talking Correct,
1: about. Correct. It was.
0: Yep. I'm familiar. Um, you know, so that's a promotional product in and of itself, right? So exactly. then you go to learn this whole thing, build it out. So, I mean, that's actually a really quick turnaround in 12 months anyhow. So that's just, yes,
1: awesome. it was, it was, I'm still learning everything. You know, I, I'm constantly learning something new, but in the beginning, every time I was on the phone with one of my um, suppliers or factories, for manufacturers, uh, I would ask them each two questions because I didn't want to bombard one person with a bunch of questions because I didn't know shit about this industry. So I just say, hey, can, do you mind if I ask you two questions? And I ask them two and I and write these questions and answers down. And then boom, now I understand this piece that I didn't. And the next guy call up, hey, I want to place an order for some shirts. Oh, by the way, can I ask you two questions? And they would answer my two questions about the industry. And I've been doing that every time. Even just last week, I was on the phone with a manufacturer. For, she gave me an hour of her time. And, and coach me on the industry. She's been in it for 37 years. You, you know if what I mean? ask what, are the,
0: what are the two questions?
1: Oh, no, it's two different questions. It's not the same well, question every you okay, uh, yeah, two different questions, Yeah, so like, no, um, it's two different questions about something that I'm confused about or something I didn't understand, especially in the beginning. Like they were talking about coded pricing, let's say for an example. When they're on the phone with me, they're saying, hey, our, the setup charge is gonna be 50 on a V and uh, the cost is gonna be third column pricing at you know 552 on a, on an R. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) And they are like, what do you mean? What does that say? I don't know what that means. I said, can you explain to me coded pricing? And this one woman explained to me what I meant. And it just meant the discount code that, you know, what I pay versus what the customer pays. You know? It's so
0: important because you understand the lingo, right? Yes. So it's like, uh, for me in our industry, it's like advisors that want to work with doctors understanding their schedule, understanding the codes that they punch in the computer, understanding how like all these different things yes. uh, about their industry so that they can speak their lingo makes them more relatable. Absolutely. So that's, that's great. So yeah. uh, what, do you, what do you think is one thing that most people don't understand about starting a business and especially why dominating mindset is so important?
1: It's a lot harder than you think, especially <laughs> when you get your systems in place and it's just going to take a long time. I mean, you may hit a home run out the park, fine, but like, can you sustain that? You know what I mean? And it, everyone wants to scale and grow to a million dollars right away. It's like, but if you grow too fast, you may grow yourself out of business. I know somebody who, you know, had to call me up for some assistance because he's in a similar industry as me. He does printed apparel and he launched a video ad and he got 7,000 orders like in a short time frame, and he couldn't service them all. So, you know, if you can't service all your 7,000 clients and you don't have the infrastructure, what's gonna to happen to your reviews online? Oh, I didn't get my product, it's been a month, it's been two months. So I never want to have that problem. I try to grow and scale appropriately. So the biggest thing is, is having your systems in place because I built my company backwards, right? If I were to go do it again and build a company, I would ensure that I focused on my systems and tested them first and foremost. I'm talking what email I'm gonna use, Outlook, Gmail, whatever, G Suite, how am I going to do my email marketing? Mailchimp, HubSpot, CRM. How am I going to do that? What systems am I going to use for accounting? Um, what, uh, what am I going to do for my social media? How am I going to do that? What am I going to do for my graphic design? Am I outsourcing it? Am I using Adobe? Or do I care to teach myself Adobe? You know, using Canva for graphic designs, things like that. I w- I figured that out along the way. Like I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. And, you know, you when know, they say you jump and you build your wings on the way down, I am mm-hmm. frantically building my wings <laughs> in the beginning. Um, but if I were to go do it again, I would redo my systems because I spent a lot of time and a lot of money testing different systems because I didn't know what was gonna work because I didn't know the industry very well. Now I do. So I invested a lot of money in my company. I test this system out, didn't work for me. There's $5,000 I learned, you know. Yeah. Next system, invested, eh, wasn't the best and, and so on. So it was just that's definitely a good point. Important.
0: As you look at it or you said $5,000, this is what I learned. Another way to look at that is like, okay, you can go get your MBA at a great school. You go sure. to, a, you know, Penn, for example, and get your uh, degree at Wharton. Um, or you could do what you're doing and learning on the fly, getting your MBA by, you know, potentially losing five thousand dollars on a bad, a bad bet. Yeah, didn't uh, work out for
1: you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I look at. I, 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 I learned this mindset when I lost, when I had money stolen from me, actually, which is a whole other story. But uh, I don't look at money as being lost. I look at money being invested in my education of whatever I was putting the money into. So it took me like this system X. It cost me $5,000 to realize that's not the system for my company. And I'm glad I didn't spend any more time or any more money using that to progress my business. Right. So now I can... I know that that didn't work, so I'm going to put my time and focus into the right systems that do work, and constantly test and improve upon them.
0: Getting your uh, master's at the School of Hard Knocks. Exactly. It's
1: yeah. It's I'm sure you are. You know. It's <laughs> it, it's, it's. I'm great. a college
0: dropout, so I uh, yeah. That's that's where I say I got my master's. So yeah. So
1: that's I, all good. I I always find it funny when um, and this is just my opinion, so I hope I don't offend anybody. Uh, when people say oh, I'm going to school for entrepreneurship. And you know, I just look at him like, I don't think you can go to school for that. you know what I mean? Like for me, if you're a true entrepreneur, you just you you just figure it fit I, I call Fitfo, figure it the fuck out. Excuse my language. you can edit it if you need to. but like I, I, I say that to people because that's what entrepreneurs do. We just find a we have a problem. you know people are having an issue and we find a solution for it. We just figure it out. We don't need to go to school to learn how to do that. I mean, yeah, you can go to some take some classes and sales or whatever, but in my opinion, there's no system the the true school and entrepreneurship is you just building a company and figuring it. Out, yeah. You know,
0: <clears throat> no, I totally agree. So thinking about that uh, on that note, so you built a side hustle into a profitable company. Yes. What lessons from that experience would you give the audience today? and you've given um, a lot already but i just sure. thought yeah
1: topic. if you can if you can have a, a job and you can do both keep it you know what i mean depends on your schedule like for me i have no dependents um single i don't even have any anim- like no pets so i can grind right i could have a job working for deloitte traveling you know monday through thursday every day of the week on a plane and then at night in the hotel work on my business when i'm done in the office doing my office work it's a lot of work it is not mm-hmm. easy it is tiring. It is exhausting. Um, but if you really want it bad enough and you build it over time, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely worth it. You know, I'm grateful for all the time and hours I put in now, because if I delayed anything, I'm just delaying my own success. So I I think if, if people build a company, prove to yourself that it's, it's going to work. you you don't need to jump in. Like I, two people that I met a month after i had left my first job to pursue my company, they're like, you left your job, I'm gonna leave mine. And they left the next week. And I was like, I'm glad I inspired you, but I really hope you had a plan first because <laughs> it wasn't until six months after I started my company. So I started in May of 2017 and I had a corporate job all of 2017. I was working for Biotronic as a pacemaker rep. And I didn't leave Biotronic until December of 2017. So for, from May to December, you know, six and a half months, on the side, I was building my company until I proved to myself I think I could do this full-time. So all of 2018, I work for myself, you know, and, and that's what I did. I wanted to prove to myself, I can make sales. I know how to do it. I know what I'm doing. And and then I'll leave my corporate job if I think I can go full-time with it.
0: Yeah. And that's good. And some people, uh, yeah, hopefully those couple of people that you inspired. Uh, yeah, they're
1: have- doing, what, they're both doing well. I'll tell you good. that. <laughs> good.
0: Well, that's good. So, um, I'm thinking about your brand, your company. Now you're three years into it. Um, mm. I don't know how long you vision plan, so you can adjust this time frame on this question. But sure. what do the next ten years look like for you and Lunar Branding?
1: Wow. Well, um, I think they look great at the rate that I'm growing. Um, it, it's been it's it's nice. I'm turning into a family business. I brought my mom in to help me out. She's retired from you know being a pharmacist and uh, having her PhD in pharmacology for. 30 plus years in the industry and she just wanted to do something else. So, you know, making it a family business, teaching her the ropes because she knows how to run a pharmacy. She knows how to run a business. So I'm learning a lot from her on how to run my system just from a generic standpoint. Um, so I'd like to build it up. I'd like to hire veterans and um, start outsourcing some of the work as I build the company has some cash flow to pay a salary um, and hiring veterans would be a huge thing for me because me transitioning out of the military earlier than I expected, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I still kind of don't, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful I have a business because it keeps me, you know, busy, distracted and, and, and having a purpose besides just, you know, sitting twiddling my thumbs, saying, Oh, what, I, what am I going to do now? Um, and it's to grow my company to either make it fully outsourced and uh, you know, I'm truly just uh, a CEO, not wearing all the hats, marketing, accounting, email, this, like I, I wear all the hats, you know what I mean? And uh, truly outsourcing a lot of that work. And, and then maybe if, uh, if the right price point is maybe selling it and then starting a different company, you know, in three years, I've already had five offers to be bought out, which is incredible. I'm grateful for that. Just wasn't the price. I'm just not ready to do it because I know I have so much more work to do before I'm like, this is a complete project. And I truly don't ever think I'll be like, oh, this is a complete project because I'm always constantly revamping and approving it. So,
0: I'm sure you have this number in your head, but it's interesting. As a, as a financial advisor, I always ask business owners, what would the number on the check need to be to, <laughs> to buy you out? And I won't ask, I won't put you on the spot. Sure. But it's a, sure. A great, it's a great exercise for business owners to know. Because Absolutely. Most of the time, they don't think about it. And there's this emotional attachment to that business that they poured their blood, sweat, and tears into. I'm like, you need to know that number because if you're running a good business, someone is going to show up. And what you need to know then at that point is, is that number going to be enough so you don't make an uh, emotional decision that's actually selling for less than it's worth? Now, mm-hmm. I will say that I know that most business owners, especially with the emotional attachment, place more <laughs> value on the business than it's actually worth. Sure. But it's important to know that number as a business owner so that if someone does show up with that right number, that you're ready to accept it and move on.
1: Absolutely. And the reason I believe that too is because all the skills, all the knowledge, all the experience I got from building the company, if I could sell it for X amount, and I take this chunk of money and I have, because I bootstrap my company, you know, I didn't take any investment, it was, everything was self-funded and then has been self-sustaining, which has been incredible. Um, so for me, if I could just get a chunk of money, imagine what I could do with that. Imagine what I, I, to me, I think like what I could start with a chunk of, you know, a base, a massive, as opposed to me just trying to, you know, figure out how to pay the bills, the monthly bills in the beginning. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think having that number is extremely important.
0: Hey, one joke for your mom. Uh, yeah, go often, for it. Uh, is, uh, I have a financial advisor in my firm that uh, uh, transitioned after, what was it? About 17 years as a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. And he's a phenomenal uh, financial advisor and but he always joked as he transitioned that he's a uh former where people asked him what he came or how he came to us, and he said, Well, you know, I'm a uh a former licensed drug dealer. <laughs> and then people <laughs> yeah. like so they have this reaction of like, wait, yeah. what <laughs> yeah, I'm a pharmacist. <laughs> so that's, that's just good, funny. Yeah. That's All good. right, as we as we uh kind of wrap up, what are the two most important characteristics? that you believe, obviously your opinion, uh, that you think an entrepreneur needs to have and why?
1: Um, First and foremost, grit and then decisiveness. So grit because as an entrepreneur, you're gonna have ups and downs. A mentor of mine told me, he says, hey look, if you don't wanna go the entrepreneurship route, you can be on on the ship and I'll use like ship and seas as an analogy. You'd be on a ship in the sea, it's gonna be calm. Not gonna have ups and downs, You're just going to be calm floating along the water. That's great. It's easy. It's chill. You have a good time. You enjoy the scenery. Go the entrepreneurship route. You're going to have the ebbs and flows, the big waves. You got to be able to stomach that. You got to be able to stomach months where you're not going to make any money, or you're going to have a terrible customer experience, or you're going to get a bad review, or you're just going to deal with, you know, shitty people. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It'll continue to happen. Um, but having the grit to, uh, to continually pursue whatever you're trying to build um, for whatever why that you have is extremely important, especially when you're gonna get told no. You know, you're gonna get told no a lot over and over and over again to so have that grit to pr- to continue is huge. And then um, being decisive and taking action. So I know people, and there's nothing wrong with what end of the spectrum you are on with decision-making. So I know people that need 150% information before they make a decision, right? And I know other people that need 10% to make a decision. Okay. Maybe 10% is a little too much, and 150% is a little too much, and 10% is a little too little. For me, in the beginning, I was probably operating. I just need 30% and I'm off running. You know, just give me enough to to chew on and I'll just figure out the rest. Give me my left and right limits. Um, Now, as I'm getting older uh, and getting more experience, more wisdom, um, I probably need about 40 to 50% of information before I can make a decision because more importantly, I think it's about taking action and then readjusting along the way because you can plan all day long, but if you don't take any action, like, I love Nike's slogan, just do it. Yeah. Just go, just go do it. And you'll figure it out. You're going to fumble. You're going to fail, accept it and just figure it out along the way. And I think that has been uh, huge for me to just be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to start a company. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been in this industry before, you know, I'm just going to go do it and figure it out. And uh, so far, so good. So
0: well, we all have the resources, like you mentioned earlier, along the Internet, Google, whatever. If you, you want Google's to your best friend. You got you got <laughs> all the resources you need at your fingertips.
1: Yeah, Google is has been a lifesaver. If I don't know anything, I just literally Google it. And it's been, you know, my biggest mentor.
0: Yeah, so. Google and YouTube, right? So I yeah. do landscaping. I didn't have to. I chose to do a landscaping. Sure. Project. No idea what I was doing. YouTube helped me through it. So, and it turned out all right. It's not perfect, but it turned out all right. Hey, so anyhow, you we're gonna do the lightning round word game perfect. that I've talked about. Uh, can't repeat yourself. One okay. word, or short word answer. First word, opportunity. Prepared. Obstacles. Go around them. Mindset.
1: Have a dominating mindset.
0: On theme, I love it. Awareness.
1: Being self aware and personal development. Death. Accept it. Life. Live it to the fullest. Most people are are driven by fear and don't take enough action to do what they want to do.
0: We'll accept the long answer there. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Great people.
1: Great people are humble and have empathy.
0: Inspire or inspiring.
1: People who know where they've come—that's too long. People who know where they come from and uh, give back to others. So give back. The one word.
0: Impact or impactful.
1: Impactful. What
0: Uh,
1: does that mean? To me, impactful means you've left a legacy. And uh, there's a phrase that I use for my company. It's "What kind of impression are you leaving?" Um, so I'll leave I'll leave it with that answer. With that, what kind of That's impression good. are you leaving?
0: Yeah, I'm saying uh, in uh, merchandise, what kind of impression are you leaving? That has a absolutely
1: it's great. Absolutely, yeah,
0: love it. So uh, last two things, most uh, impactful or favorite book of all time, or most impactful one you most recently read that you want to shout out?
1: Think and grow rich. Awesome. I highly recommend that book. I've read it more than once. I recommend reading it full through, front to back. And then I recommend studying it like you would study any any academia book, um, study the chapters. You know, my mentors, I have weekly calls about this book, about the chapters, breaking down paragraphs. I mean, it is, it is a life-changing book. And I actually just ordered um, five today on Amazon. I like to order them in batches and I give them out to people. It's five bucks and it's going to, Change your mindset to make you millions, either financially wealthy or just, you know, personally wealthy with your uh, personal development. So, that's it's my favorite book of all time.
0: Great book, agreed. Favorite quote.
1: My favorite quote. There are so many good ones to choose from, um, but the one uh, that that. It, I partially have it tattooed on me. So I'll say this is the most important one. Uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. So that's my my favorite one.
0: Favorite quote, favorite prayer. Uh, yeah, I, I say that sometimes the serenity, in prayer,
1: so that's great. The, the serenity prayer, yeah.
0: It's yeah. definitely
1: a, a great one.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, uh, in just reading The Obstacle is the Way, which I just gave to Chad, have you read that by yeah. Ryan Holiday?
1: I have not, but I'll take a note of it.
0: So great book. Uh, He referenced the serenity prayer at least three times.
1: Really? No way. What was it called again? The Obstacle is the The Way. The
0: Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. So that'll be another shout out for a great book. Uh, One of my favorites that I've read so far this year, if not in the last couple of years. Awesome. All right. So most popular product or service at Lunar Brands.
1: So at Lunar Branding, our most popular item is probably socks. Uh, and this is before masks. So masks have been that popular. But for the past couple of years, I've probably sold the most in socks. And the, the manufacturer I use is Line. They're a phenomenal brand. Highest quality socks. Send me your address and I'll send you guys pairs. Uh, it is good. like literally you won't take them off. I mean, they're, I replace my entire sock drawer. They're, I buy myself for my own company. I buy by the hundreds. And I either just give them out or wear them myself. Um, they are awesome. Um, I actually sent, whoops, I actually sent uh, Andy Frisella uh, some. I don't know if you know who he is. I sent nope. him some some custom merchandise that had his name, MFCEO Project Podcast, on it. So I sent him a few different um, renditions of it, uh, obviously for free because he's given me so much value. And he wrote me a handwritten letter back. You know, so uh, he's a stand-up awesome. guy, but yeah, socks have been the the top seller for me so far in three years.
0: Well, that's really cool. And
1: yeah. you never know, everything
0: like right, uh, you know, you're wearing a great shirt and whatnot, but uh, you know, socks are, some, are something we wear all the time, particularly all those time. of us that uh, have some cold weather months. Uh, yeah. This, this oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. So those socks. Today, I'm not wearing socks with my shoes because we're in summertime. But uh, <laughs> all other times of the year, they're necessary. All right. So last thing, how can our audience get in touch with you, follow you, see what you're doing? uh, Sure. What do you want to shout out?
1: So I'm most active on Instagram. So my uh, personal tag is at GD Gregorian. That's G-D-G-R-E-G-O-R-I-A-N. That's my personal Instagram. And then my business one is at Lunar Branding, L-U-N-A-R-B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G. I'm usually active on there mostly, and I, I spread everything um, from there to Facebook and Twitter and things like that. So uh, that's where you guys can find me. And then my website oh. for my business is lunarbranding.com.
0: So start on the gram, everybody. Follow, yep. follow Greg, follow Lunar Branding. Uh, again, Appreciate thank it. you for your service to our country. Thank, thank you, you for all your knowledge today. Um, this is a great time. I know our audience is going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. Everybody, uh, get some socks from Lunar branding. If, uh, Hell yeah. Stella and Greg are wearing them. They're good for you, too.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I thanks. appreciate it, guys.
1: Thank you so much for having me. You bet. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Inspire People, Impact Lives. If you've been inspired today, please share this episode with as many people as possible so that together, our impact is exponential.